salutations, everyone. This is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT and everything in the world of wrestling. That's right. We are your hosts. I am Boris, and this week I am joined by the one, the only, the illustrious, the magnificent Matt. Bonjour. Thank you for uh, that lovely intro. I don't think I've ever been described as illustrious or magnificent. So, hey interesting night of wrestling it was yesterday during the quote-unquote Wednesday Night Wars, and I like to use that term very loosely nowadays because anything but, but we did have two fairly entertaining shows, but I would have to say that NXT was the better show. You know what, I'm going to have to agree with you, and as, as we have established previously, I'm more of the AEW fanboy here, but I got, I, I got to give credit where credit is due. AEW did have some... Nice moments, some highlights, but NXT on the whole, I think, was the better show, save for one segment, which, again, we will get into, my friend. Yes, we will. All right. So this is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT. We are going to kick things off by giving us, uh, giving you, the listeners, a rundown of last night's NXT show. Uh, then we are going to give you our highlights and lowlights, lowlights of the Wednesday Night Wars. Then we will get give you our retrospective of the current week when we give you what made us pop, what made us rant. Um, and there was quite a bit to choose from this week on the rant side, but we'll you know, <laughs> stay tuned and see what we picked. And then we are going to just, you know, give you some news on where you can listen to us uh, moving forward. Um, but uh, more to come. So, you know, because we like being a little different, we are the young guns. We like thinking outside of the box. We like being a little different. So we're over five-star ratings. We like to kind of give you a a theme de week, something different to give you, you know, your art rating system. In the past, we've given you Shotzi Blackheart Howells. We've given you jump scares. This last week was my favorite when we gave you bottles of rubbing alcohol. Matt, what do we have this week? So, and uh, for the listeners out there, you can uh, write in and help us if we uh, if there's an actual name for this product. But you know those drawstring backpacks that you see like in gyms, perhaps like douchey lacrosse guys have them. Yep. And anyway, that's the go-to WWE blindfold for blindfold matches and you'll note that we had as far as I know an unadvertised blindfold match on this particular program so I think we're gonna go with what what, what are we gonna call these hoods Boris these 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 duffel bag like things on people's heads oh man that's a really good question I would say the um what's a what's a good word for dark and mysterious <laughs> Uh, brooding? Yes, uh, brooding hoods. The, the brooding hoods. All right, let's do it. All right. So we're going to give our match rating via brooding hoods. All right, we're going to jump right to it because it was a jam-packed show. So we are going to be chatting about all things NXT that took place November 18th from the Capitol Wrestling Center in Winter Park, Florida. So the show started right away. We're in the ring, and it's time for the first of two championship matches as your champion, the man, the myth, the legend, Leon Ruff, your North American champion, is going one-on-one with Johnny Gargano. And this is a rematch from last week's, I guess, um, 
what's the what's the what's the, what's the right word? Embarrassment, I guess, for lack of a better term. Of Monumental John... upset. Yes. All right. So we get started right away. Um, and a, as Johnny Gargano is walking out, there is a video package, um, and we kind of get a a story time and retelling of what happened last week. The match starts off, and essentially it's your typical, you know, match where the gargantuan Johnny Gargano takes down Leon, Leon Ruff pretty hard. Now, Matt, I have a question for you. Is Leon Ruff the smallest wrestler you have ever seen in your life? Uh, I think he is. We were talking offline, and uh, you brought up another similar uh, build, a similar uh, built wrestler, which would be Cheeseburger. He's the only one I can even think of that's even close to Leon Ruff territory. But I think Leon Ruff might be skinnier. It's yeah. hard to say. It really is hard to say. Let's get them both together. Let's get them in a loser, must put on 50 pounds match. But, uh, you know, that's it's <laughs> it, it is what it is. And we're going to be talking about Leon Ruff, I think, later on in the show. But like I said, it was your typical match where your superstar, Johnny Gargano, is really giving it to Leon Ruff. Um, you know, it's pretty one-sided for the most part. Leon Ruff does have some very impressive offense and some very impressive, I guess, rope work um, that really, I, I really enjoyed what he did there. But for the most part, Gargano was on top and beating down on Ruff through the match. Um, at one point, Johnny Gargano executes the lawn dart, hits a second, and he yells at Ruff, do you want to quit? Gargano posts up in the corner, waiting for Ruff to get up. Gargano posts up in the corner, waiting for Ruff to get up. Gargano waits and watches Ruff gets to his knees. Um, at some point, uh, Damian Priest comes down, distracts Gargano, Leon Ruff, um, you know, you would think that was going to get the win. Then they kind of pull a trickery do. Gargano somehow saves himself. Then at one point, Leon Ruff ends up outside. And it was a funny exchange because the camera picked this up perfectly. Um, when uh, Damian Priest said, I'm sorry, kid. Punches Ruff. Your winner by DQ and still North American champion is Leon Ruff. So I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I, th I thought it was good for what it was. I can't wait to see more in this feud between these two guys. One thing I liked is that Leon Ruff is slowly getting more and more offense in. He's showing a little bit more. And I also like that Johnny Gargano, being the wrestling genius that he is, starting to counter Leon Ruff's spots already. We saw Leon Ruff do the thing where he triple jumps off the ropes and scoots under a guy, but Johnny already had, had, had it scouted, rather, and uh, reversed that thing, and it was just, Johnny's great. This was good. Um, well, as you said, I will save my Leon Ruff... Uh, speech for uh later in the show a little spoiler alert but uh, for the match itself i thought it was quite good what did you think boris i thoroughly enjoyed the match overall like you said for what it was i wasn't expecting this like you know bring down the house type of match you kind of knew what type of match it was going to be when gargano had the full advantage but i have to say they told quite the story and again kudos to the commentators for really building up you know this david versus goliath um which is hilarious calling johnny gargano a david or a goliath <laughs> um but you know, they did a great job of really building up Ruff. Um, Ruff, when he did get some offense, it was really it was impressive to watch. I really enjoyed it. Um, but 
you know, it, the match was what it was. As soon as Damian Priest came out, you knew that one of two things was going to happen. Gargano was going to lose because of distraction or Damian Priest, as he did, punches Ruff for the DQ. One thing I really enjoyed was the overall t- storytelling throughout this match. And one thing that I really liked is that Damian Priest outsmarted the heel. Absolutely. How- and that that rarely happens on the main roster. It seems like baby faces are dumb idiots who can't see straight or walk three steps in a row. But yeah, Damian Priest is a cool, smart, badass character. And yep. he should get one up on this Johnny Gargano, who is kind of like a goof who's full of himself. Yeah. But yeah, so so let's go let's go to the rating. I uh I thought this was, like you said. You know what you're getting with this kind of match. It's not a five-star classic by any means, but I thought the uh, the storytelling in it pushed it to a slightly above average level. I would go three brooding hoods out of five for a 60% brooding percentage. That's a perfect brooding percentage. Gangrel would be thoroughly impressed with that, I'm sure. Um, one <laughs> thing about this match, um, and overall, and I've talked about this in the show before, and that's the fact that they're telling an awesome story, not only week to week, but through the night. They had, what, three or four segments with these three, and they just kept building up and building up and building up, and we're going somewhere, and guess what, Matt? I Well, I, I shouldn't say we will, but I hope they are building to an actual payoff. Uh, it seems as though they are. So uh, stranger things have happened than them bailing on that. But let's hope. And I think you're right. Yep. All right. So backstage, we are with Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes tells us that he's a rocket ship and he wins the blindfold match tonight. He's going to the moon as we head to break. Um, so next match, when we're back from the break, is your blindfold match, which was advertised late in the afternoon on social media. So it wasn't a complete surprise. I did have to check up on this because I did not know that this match was happening. More so, I didn't know that it was going to be a blindfold match, even though uh, Cameron Grimes told us in the promo before but that's the mea culpa on me. So it's Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes in a br- blindfold match. Um, it is a blindfold match. Is it is what it is. You're never gonna get a WrestleMania seven, uh, Rick Martel, Jake the Snake classic blindfold match. You know that's ah, a once in a lifetime for me. And I don't I'm think so glad you said that. Yeah, I don't I'm think we're ever so gonna get one like that. that. I don't think we're gonna get one like that. But they, you know, what I did like about this, they changed things up a little bit. You know, Dexter Loomis throughout the match just stood still. Cameron Grimes was kind of moving around, trying to find him, using the crowd. Um, and at one point, it's a really funny spot. And I do have to point out the fact that it was the same referee that was in the haunted house of terror match uh, at Halloween Havoc. Uh, so. Um, at one point, Cameron Grimes thinks he has Dexter Loomis, but he actually starts beating down on the referee. He takes off his uh, hood, and he realizes that it was the referee as, you know, then he tries to beat Dexter Loomis, but Dexter Loomis moves over, and the two keep on fighting. Um, they have a back-and-forth uh uh, I guess beat down on each other. They're outside. Cameron Grimes then runs away, and uh, I guess your winner by cowardly fleeing Grimes is Dexter Loomis. 
Uh, yeah, so I didn't like this at all. I'm glad that you had nice things to say about Jake Roberts versus Rick Martel. I feel like that's one of the most underrated matches in the history of wrestling. There, I said it. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good for what it is, again. And there have been good blindfold matches. Uh, Triple H and D'Lo Brown had one once that was actually not bad. It was on a, on a, like, raw roulette, perhaps from 2002. I don't know. Anyway... They can they can be done. This was not good. This was I I did think that the idea of Dexter Loomis just sitting there was cute, but it, it doesn't make for a very entertaining wrestling match. And the fact that they did uh, a pretty notable gimmick with absolutely no like announcement, although I guess they did tweet it out at five or whatever whatever it was. I feel like if they were going to do this, they could have built it up more and done more with it, and they just kind of shot it out there in the middle of an NXT. I didn't like this at all. This was probably the thing that I've enjoyed the least since we started podcasting. Yeah, I I have to overall agree with you. Um, Yeah, it was... What worried me at this point is that, you know, our first match was kind of a joke match with Gargano and and Ruff. Then we go into the blindfold match, another gimmick match, or a gimmick match. And at this point, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be a rough night. I don't know if I can do this. Um, But, you know, luckily the show did improve. But at this point, I was really concerned. One thing that really got to me was the fact that last week we had Dexter Loomis on a brooding match with Timothy Thatcher. Showed signs of maybe he's a half-decent, you know, not shitty wrestler and then this week they put him in a joke thing again where it's like you know it's it just leads to nothing so you know i gotta give tons of kudos to cameron grimes who is quickly turning into one of my favorite things on nxt week to week because if it wasn't for him this would have just been absolute trash it was trash but not absolute trash Yes, it wasn't uh, an embarrassment to the wrestling business because Cameron Grimes worked his ass off. Him scooting up over the barricade, over the fence, and then out of the arena was crazy. He, he's, his athleticism is off the charts. It's He's such a good athlete. But yeah, this match was, this match was no good. Uh, if we're getting into ratings, I gave it one brooding hood out of five. The worst rating yet on the podcast for a 20% uh, brooding percentage. It wasn't, like I said, an embarrassment to the business. But I, I never want to see it again. So essentially, this is the same level of Gangrel's toughness once he starts talking with his Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Couple Gangrel references on the pod this evening. Oh, you know it, man. For all you, for all you Gangrel heads. <laughs> all right, then we are backstage with R- William Regal, Damian Priest, and Leon Ruff. Um, Regal is talking to Priest about interfering with the North American Championship match. Priest tells Regal that even Regal has to be tired of seeing Johnny Gargano out there every week. Leon Ruff comes up. Um, Priest tries to explain that he didn't want the kid to lose. Ruff nods his head. Understandingly, then Sunker punches Priest as a payback for the sucker punch earlier in the evening as we go to break. I overall like this because I like kind of how they're building up the fact that Leon Ruff is starting to get angry at the fact that everyone thinks he's a joke and he's going to, you know, he's out there to prove people wrong. Um, At one point, he even says, like, you know, I'm going to give back the belt. And Regal says, absolutely not. So, you know, I'm really enjoying, again, you know, we're building a story through the night, through week to week with an eventual hopeful payback. 
Absolutely love this. Love this promo. We're going to see a little more from these guys, as you alluded to. And uh, yeah, well, I'll save it for then. But yeah, this this is good stuff. I'm liking Leon Ruff. What can yeah, I man. say? Um, you know what? I got to say, I'm also really enjoying Damian Priest. It took a little while for me to grow uh, to actually like him. I wasn't the biggest fan of Punishment Martinez in Ring of Honor, but I'm really enjoying what he's bringing to this uh, show week to week right now. I, I agree with that. I didn't like Damian Priest even as a heel, but for some reason he's clicking as a babyface. It's really working. I don't. I, I. Which is so rare because when are faces better than heels? Like it's so rare that a person can be a better face than a heel. I know, right? And his his heel his babyface character is sort of heelish, but it's not. But he's still a good guy. And he still like kind of means well. It seems like he's just he's just cool and he's tough. Also, he's kind of what Roman Reigns' babyface run should have been all along. Almost, I really like this character. You know what? That's a great point. You're exactly right. Kind of like you know the um, no suckering succotash type bullshit that they did with Reigns. Oh More God. like just you know I'm smart. I'm cocky. I'm gonna kick your ass at the end of the day too. So yeah, I agree with that assessment. All right, then we go into the one of three women's matches of the evening, and this is a women's tag team match with Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae versus Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Um, all right, so this match was entertaining. Uh, this match was fast-paced. Um, you know, overall, I kind of enjoyed it. There was nothing of note per se, for me, from this match. Um, but, you know, overall, I, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, so, at the end of the match, Candice hits the Wicked stepsister, um, you know, where she pulls her opponent's arms uh, by her back, and then she kind of puts her foot against the back and stomps them into the mat. Uh, Candice covers and picks up the win. So, your winners were the team of Candice Lorraine and Indy Hartwell. Um, like I said, good match. Nothing stood out though for me. Uh, one thing, well, two, actually I could, I could say two things that stood out. One, as you touched on, I really like Candice LeRae's finisher. I think the wicked stepsister in, in a vacuum is a really cheesy and kind of bad name for a move, but it's a great name for that move. It's like the perfect name for that character's finisher, which is that like weird curb stomp thing. The yep. we the wicked stepsister. She steps on her face. You see, <laughs> I, uh, I I really like that. But what stood out to me the most in this match was Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter's uh, tag team work. I thought they had great chemistry. I want to see more of them as a tag team. Casey Catanzaro. She's almost like a female Leon Ruff. She's very, very small. She's like almost too small to take seriously unless you're like putting a putting a point on it like they are with Leon Ruff's character. But the way you do Casey Catanzaro right is you put her in a tag team. You, yeah. you give her you, – you, you, you make her like the baby face in peril and she does some amazing spots. And yeah, Casey Catanzaro could be a great tag team wrestler and I hope that her and Caden uh, get some play here. Go, go a little ways. Yeah, they've been teaming up for a few weeks. Um, it's been a while since we saw them on TV, but they have been a tag team for the past few weeks. Um, but yeah, you know, this is... A, I enjoyed it overall. Like, there was nothing I didn't like about this match. It was a fun match. Um, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, just good heels. Um, again, I'm really thoroughly enjoying Candice's heel work. Um, so, how many... How, what would you rate this match? 
I would I would give this I would give this three brooding hoods, like slightly above average. So yeah, we're gonna go three out of five brooding hoods, just like the opener for a sixty percent brooding percentage. I thought this was really good, and it set up the women's war games match coming up as well. Yes, it did. All right. So the next match is Kashida versus Arturo Rujas. All right. So um, Arturo Rujas did fight on Raw a couple times. Um, and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he is what he is. Uh, so Kashida makes his way out to the ring. Uh, Vic Joseph and Beth Phoenix Bill, how technical a match this is going to be. Uh, the ref calls for the bell. Kashida immediately goes for the legs but misses. Both men perform uh, move and counter move. Uh, there was a lot of grappling skills. Kashida avoids a standing Kimura before being taken down with a backdrop. Uh, we're reminded by uh, Mackenzie in an audio update that we still have yet to hear from Finn Balor later. So I kind of like how they added that kind of sports element in uh, into the middle of this match. So it's kind of like, hey, real sports feeling. Only if other companies can do that. Um, <laughs> Shot, <laughs> shots fired. Shotsy exactly. Blackheart's fired. <laughs> All right. So both men swap um, multiple submission attempts. Kashida locks in a Kamira lock and holds it for about half a minute. Kashida breaks it but holds on, pulling the leg and slapping in a leg submission that he turned into a sudden pin attempt. Very good match. Very much worth watching. Um, you know, this match goes to show you that not every match needs to end with a finisher. Sometimes a finisher can come out of the blue. And I'm kind of really enjoying that both AEW and NXT are adopting this, that real match feeling, that real fight feeling that, you know, the end of the match can happen at any point. It doesn't need to happen because you used your finisher. Um, and, you know, regardless of what you think of finishers today, because, you know, there's that argument that finishers don't mean anything. And, you know, the, the AEW is thoroughly accused of that. I don't fully agree with that. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I just kind of liked how this match had a lot of good grappling and wrestling skills, um, good mat uh, wrestling, and Kushida continues to have a pretty good streak week over week on NXT TV. What did you think of this match? I 100% agree. I liked technical wrestler Kushida versus Muay Thai MMA weird Arturo Huas guy. I, I, I think this was a really good matchup on paper, and it, uh, it definitely delivered. I, I like the chemistry. I am ready for Kushida to take a step. I don't know exactly what you do with him. I think you got to put that North American title on him somehow. Somehow, some way, that's got to be – I think that's got to be the thing. Give him a long – fighting champion style run just let him have really good matches with different uh, wrestlers of different sizes and just showcase what he can do in the ring because he's never going to be a great promo or even necessarily a coherent character at all but he's incredible in the ring uh as for rating i would give this personally three and a half uh brooding hoods for a 70 percent brooding hood percentage i really enjoyed this i thought this was really it kept my attention throughout Nice. I'm giving you the thumb up via video cam because I thoroughly enjoyed that rating. Um, yeah, no, it was really good. Uh, all right, so we have a video package. Uh, to the tune of Sabbath's War Pigs, Shotzi Blackheart talks about rebuilding things that were torn down. We see her using power tools, yelling, doing some Shotzi howls, and telling Candace <laughs> that they're going to war. We then get a card announcing NXT TakeOver. Matt, say it. War Games! War Games! Mom! There we go. So there we go. It's been announced. Shots, Shotzi Blackheart 
team captain of one team, Candice LeRae, team captain of another team at NXT TakeOver War Games on December the 6th. Coming a lot sooner than I thought it would. I guess you can, they can't do it at the end of the month, though. There are other things happening. Yes, <laughs> other things <laughs> happening indeed. All right, so we get a backstage interview with Ember Moon and Tony Storm. Ember Moon and Tony are asked about their match with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Ember says she's tired of Kai and Gonzalez interfering. Ember then adds that she's excited to team with her girl, Tony Storm, and does a little jig which is very awkward. Tony Storm tells Ember that she's glad to team up, but Ember needs to remember that they both want the NXT Women's Championship and will butt heads at some point. Ember says, don't worry about anything past tonight, and they'll settle that issue when the time comes. They both head off, and we head to break. The match is next. Uh, before we go any further, man, you brought up Ember Moon's gear, the furry thing, the tail. Once, once you see the tail, you cannot unsee it. It's all that you could pay attention to. Why does she have a tail though? But why? Man, you can make so many jokes about that and how it's connected to her and stuff like that. But like, it just, it's so weird. It's so weird. (laughs) And everything about her, everything about the repackaging is almost perfect, except for that tail. Just get rid of the tail. Just please lose the tail, Ember. If if you're listening to this, and God knows you are, please, please lose the tail. <laughs> exactly. All right. Our next match as we head back from break is the women's tag team match. Another women's tag team match for our second of three women's matches. This one has Ember Moon and Tony Storm versus Raquel Diaz, um, Raquel Gonzalez, and Dakota Kai. All right. This match, going before the main event of the night, this match would have been my match of the night. I really enjoyed this match. Um, you know, last week we kind of got the uh, the curveball where Raquel Gonzalez uh, didn't end up fighting Zia Lee. That really angered me because the week before she had a standout performance against Rhea Ripley. And I think that uh, Raquel Gonzalez did an amazing job this week. Um, really, again, showing her strengths. Uh, kind of, you know, being the bully. Um, I, I, I really don't have anything negative to say right now about Raquel Gonzalez. Tony Storm is Tony Storm. She's a rock star. She's a superstar. I'm so afraid of what we're what we're gonna see in the future when she eventually does <laughs> make the main roster. But she just oozes of awesome and and just superstar. Um, Ember Moon is Ember Moon. I'm so glad that she's back in NXT. And Dakota Kai is so talented. And she's such a good heel. And I never thought that she would have been able to pull it off. But like I said, all four of these women gave us a hell of a match. Dakota Kai is growing in front of our eyes especially. She gets better every week. She's really figuring it out. And it's it's quite rewarding to see. Tony Storm has always been great. Oh, you could say the same about Dakota's partner too. Raquel Gonzalez... For for a new wrestler and for someone who's like generally you'd think the bigger, stronger wrestlers are kind of as a rule not as good, safe maybe maybe that's unfair to say, but just as a general rule, like you think Warlord, you think you know what I mean? You think yeah. guys like that. You think of the Heidenreichs of the world. But she's no Heidenreich. Raquel Gonzalez is a legit. She is really I thought this match was really, really good. I would put it on par with the previous match. Actually, I would I would say it was better, but like near the same level. If if I had if, if you put a gun to my head, I would I would probably go another three and a half, 
brooding hoods for a 70% hood percentage. But yeah. I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, you have to watch this match. Raquel Gonzalez did this really cool thing where she kind of like um, did this uh, football uh, check on um, Ember Moon and Ember Moon just goes flying. And it's just like, yeah, you know what? I got to give it to considering the talent around her. I personally went into this match thinking that Raquel Gonzalez was going to stick out like a sore thumb. You know, one of these things is not like the other. Um, but, you know, she held her own and, you know. Kudos to her. I'm really, really enjoying her work, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot more good to come. Yeah, absolutely. No, all four of these performers, I'd, like Ember Moon, is kind of like the 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 one who not not that she looked the worst, but like I'm I'm more excited for everyone else in this match, and that's no dig at Ember Moon. That's the thing. That's that you brought up a great point. Like Ember Moon is amazing. She did great last night and she was probably the worst in the ring overall. And that's like, Which is, that's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. So it was a really good match. I, I think I might've actually underrated it, but well, we got to stick with what we originally wrote on the page. So let's go with it. But yeah, definitely. If, if you're, especially if you're an NXT completionist, but this is one to seek out. All four women did a great job. Exactly. And if you do want to know how the match ended, Kai distracts the ref and Gonzalez sends Storm into the ring post. Moon sees it and charges across the uh, ring, hitting a suicide dive on Raquel outside the ring. Storm rolls up Kai and picks up the win. Again, going with my philosophy that you don't need a finisher for every match. Having said that, with two matches back-to-back with kind of like roll-up weird endings, you know, whatever. But... I'll accept it this week, but, uh, you know, if, if this starts happening match over match, you know, we'll see. All right, so after the match, Moon and Storm are celebrating at the foot of the ramp when Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell run down, attacking the victors from behind. They beat them into the ring, and Raquel takes them out with a big choke slam. Vic Joseph teases that these four women may be in a... Say it. War Games! God! Exactly. Bye now. <laughs> um, Candice LeRae made me laugh uh, here when she was saying, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Um, it's it's the small stuff that I really enjoy about wrestling. Uh, she and hit the ref with a good, with, with a solid, excuse you, which is just the bitchiest, just the most ruthless thing you could say to somebody. Excuse you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So then this, this next match we're outside of the arena. Pat McAfee arrives with his entourage, and we go to break. All right, so this next match has Timothy Thatcher and August Gray. Now, Matt, I sent you this message, and I had to look this up today because I was <laughs> it, it was bothering me all week. August Gray was a new is the new name of Austin Gray. Nice. I would never. I never doubted you for a second, homie. But that, that's. It, it is good to know that we're on the ball here uh, at uh, NXT Talk. This match, three weeks in the making, the build off the charts for NXT. <laughs> but you know what? We got a payoff. I guess. Um, you know, this was kind of the blow off match for for these two. Um, and uh, what did you think of this match? 
I thought it was pretty good. It was like, I, again, like, I, I, it's not Kenny Omega versus Okada in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, it's, it's not going to blow. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hot, hot take. It's no, not going to blow you away, but it was it was a fine above average match between a good young performer who I want to see more out of in August Gray and Timothy Thatcher, who just rules. Timothy Thatcher is a perfect bully. He's a perfect dick trainer. He's a perfect Timothy Thatcher. Man, it's I I to this day I am still shocked how well Timothy Thatcher is adapting to even the NXT. A factory. I never thought that Timothy Thatcher would be able to hang um, with the NXT crowd. And uh, what I mean by that is, you know, kind of, you know, being in the system, regardless of whether you're on the main yeah. roster or NXT, you're in the WWE system. And some guys just don't cut it right away. Uh, but Timothy Thatcher is, stri- is, is thriving. The thing that I always forgot or just didn't know or ignored about Timothy Thatcher is the fact that he can talk. Absolutely. And uh, and he has been lucky because a lot of wrestlers don't get a character in their wheelhouse. They don't get a character anything close to their personality and they really can't do anything with it. Timothy Thatcher's character is Timothy Thatcher on 11. That's It's probably kind of how he is to some degree. I'm yeah. sure he's not that big of a piece of shit, but I'm sure he's like he loves wrestling and he takes it seriously and he's a hardcore trainer and he's playing into that really, really well. So yeah, he's he's gotten something that he can sink his teeth into and he's doing it. it it's really really good exactly you know they always say that the best wrestling characters are just extensions of your own personality and that's 100 what we are seeing with timothy thatcher so again like cameron grimes like damian priest week over week is one of the reasons i watch and actually enjoy watching nxt all right so then comes something that i really enjoyed and just makes me super excited for the eventual match and as timothy thatcher um uh, locks Austin Gray in a neck lock. We hear the all too familiar heartbeat. No, it's not to has. Daddy's home baby, Tommaso Ciampa, struts his way down the ramp and into the ring. Thatcher yells, I've got no problem with you. I've got no problem with you as Ciampa just stares at him down. Thatcher backs out of the ring, heads around the ring as Ciampa smiles and stares at Thatcher, walking him leave. Um, Walking as they're leaving, uh, we're told that Damian Priest will have a match next after the commercials. Um, so, you know, if, if if looks could kill, looks, you know, if, if can, can, yeah, it's just uh, Ciampa. Like, he's so damn good right now. I, uh, in retrospect, it was quite obvious that Ciampa was talking about Timothy Thatcher last week. The promo talking about tough guys and trained like Harley Race and such. It was pretty clear that this was who he was targeting. Probably wishful thinking on my part that it would be Finn Balor. But uh, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed this little exchange. I'm very excited to see Ciampa versus uh, Timothy Thatcher. That'll be great. I thought this match was, was slightly above average. Like I said, I would give it three brooding hoods out of five. Another one of those 60% brooding hood percentage this was good um not great but watchable and i am very excited to see what comes next exactly you know what i'm I'm liking this trend right now where we're seeing new wrestlers like raquel gonzalez like austin gray august gray like um leo ruff (laughs) kind of being mixed in with some of these nxt veterans so you know we're getting we're seeing kind of the new class of nxt rise through the rankings right now um and i'm having a lot of fun watching this i yeah 100 percent agree and we're we're 
only only bright things ahead. It, it's really nice to see. And you know what? AEW is doing a good job of that exact they same are. thing too with such uh, examples such as Top Flight on Wednesday's show, which was uh, two 19 and 21-year-old kids just starting off a weekly wrestling show, absolutely killing it. Yeah, it, it's a really exciting time. We'll, we'll touch on this later, Boris. Really exciting time for youth and wrestling. Yes, youth and wrestling. All right, so we have a special uh, oh, hold on. Before that, Damian Priest is c- walking out to the ring. Uh, as he's stepping up into the ring, Johnny Gargano attacks him. They are f- slugging it out back and forth. Um, and then, guess who shows up, Matt? Take a wild guess. Um, cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just, one day, we're just going to like call him Cheeseburger by accident. <laughs> no, but yeah, Leon Ruff shows up. I really like this angle. Leon Ruff kind of gets inadvertently in some ways, but he just repeatedly gets the better of Damian Priest, either by slipping on a banana peel and hitting Damian <laughs> Priest or getting thrown into Damian Priest or Damian Priest slipping on a banana peel because he's charging at Leon Ruff. They did like four or five spots in quick succession. It was very, very entertaining. I really love this angle. I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, it was Leon Ruff, your North American champion, making that belt prestigious every day, um, and who was left in the ring while the other two, you know, were dropped outside. And my favorite was, you know, he was celebrating uh, Damian Priest and Gargano give each other this stare of like, what the fuck just happened? And then Leon Ruff realizes, oh, crap, I'm alone here. And as Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano uh, rush to the ring, Leon Ruff just gets the hell out of Dodge. That's one thing. His speed is unmatched. It's untouchable. So as they ran in, he was already halfway up the ramp before they even knew what happened. Yeah. I, I, uh, and, and it led, uh, if you want to keep going, it led to a really entertaining little promo backstage as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I believe that happens a little later, but it ah. did again. But it goes back to we have this ongoing story throughout the night passed through commercials so i'm gonna keep watching because i'm thoroughly enjoying this so you know again kudos to whoever um put the show together because that's what i love about wrestling that's what drew me to raw and and i guess nitro to a certain extent um during the monday night wars and it was just like they were able to tell a story through the night like how many times did bret hart in 1997 and austin go back and forth throughout the entire night on raw um or what would the NWO do? How many guys are they going to recruit? Who are they going to spike into a van this week? Yeah, yep. absolutely. It's that show long intrigue is is absolutely key for wrestling. Exactly. And I know you can hear the birds in the background, but it's just adding to the acoustic uh, blissfulness of our <laughs> podcast. Um, all right. So next week we have a special guest announcer as Wade Barrett informs us that he's got some bad news. And he actually didn't say that. I just wanted to say that. And why didn't he say that? Why didn't he That's say, Vic, I got some bad news for you? Maybe they're trying week. to retire the character, but yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. He should have, if he didn't actually, why, if he didn't, that's a major oversight. It feels like he just should have like, but I missed it as well if he did. So yeah. yeah. Anyway. So anyways, Wade Barrett says he's not going to be on the show next week, but he's called in a favor with Kevin Owens. So Kevin Owens will be our special guest announcer uh, next week on NXT. Cannot wait. He Kevin Owens was an awesome announcer in PWG. Now he's not going to be able to openly swear and stuff, <laughs> yeah. but but yeah, he was he was incredible in PWG, and I can't wait to see what he does in NXT as All an right. announcer. 
Yep. All right. So we are shown footage last night with Regal who knocks on Boa's door. He tells Boa that Boa's not been to the performance center in weeks. Boa cryptically says something about she's coming and acts scared. Regal asks him if he means Zia Lee, but Boa shakes his head. And then Regal pulls a um, a, uh, a John Krasinski from the office and does this awkward stare into the camera as we go into commercial. <laughs> It was definitely Jim Regal right there. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So then after the commercial, William Regal confronts, Le- confronts Leon Ruff um, and asks him what he thinks he's doing. Ruff says he'll take on both of them. Basically, he says, you know, I'm no joke, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he says, you know, well, you know what the punchline in? I'm going to take on both of them. Uh, so obviously he means Priest and Gargano. And then he just storms off. All right. This is it. I've been waiting all day to talk about this match. So here we are. Your main event of the evening. It is for the NXT Women's Championship. As Io Shirai, your champion, takes on Rhea Ripley. All right. So I don't even... I, I, where do I, Where do we even start with this match? I guess we should just say, you know, this was awesome. Um, I rewatched this earlier today, and I think I liked it even more the second time because the first time just so much was happening. Um, one at one point, I was very scared uh, because um, during the commercial picture in picture, uh, they were checking on Io Shirai. She looked injured, uh, and Rhea Ripley was just casually walking around the ring, kind of trying to like put attention on her and not the trainers. Uh, so I was very nervous for Io Shirai, but she, you know, once we got back from commercial, she got up and everything was good. But this is such a good match. I really enjoyed it. Matt, what were your thoughts? Oh, man, this match. I was worried that we were going to get a schmoz finish because it, it went on a little early and there were still the tease of Finn Balor to come. Yeah. But we just got a straight up badass NXT TakeOver main event quality match between two of the best wrestlers and most pushed characters in NXT. This was awesome this is everything you could possibly want out of a wrestling show you can't do the major match every week but you can do it every month every six weeks and they did it here it was so good i don't know how much you want to talk about the match before we get into the finish but please take it away if you'd like to oh no i i I, like i said like i can't even like put into words how much i enjoyed this match they were just beating the crap out of each other they were tossing each other back and forth around tables and the outside they were doing just some insane um uh back and forth even on the ropes uh they did this uh weird suplex off of the um off of the middle rope and Rhea Ripley just bounced off the mat just everything looked so painful and like it was similar to the halloween havoc match where it's just like i was in pain watching this match um all right 100 uh yeah so this was a babyface versus babyface match but it wasn't it wasn't soft they beat the crap out of each other and if i ran a wrestling school i would teach wrestlers who are like 5 10 and under I would just show them Io Shirai matches on loop. Io Shirai is the baddest small wrestler. She's such a badass. She's five foot one. Yep. 
She's so tiny. She's the genius of the sky. She's a high flyer, but you, but she looks like she hangs with the toughest wrestlers at all times. She's she's so good. Io Shirai is is underrated. She's almost criminally underrated. People don't realize what they're watching in Io Shirai. She is incredible. Boris, I'm a grown man. I'm 33 years old. I watched this match at 7:30 in the morning by myself in my bed. And when Io Shirai pulled out the win and it was clean, I said yes. I did a fist pump. I sat up in my bed and then I felt shame. No, I didn't actually. Io's too good for that. Exactly. But no, this this match thoroughly hooked me. It completely got me. I think that this was better than the Young Bucks versus Revival. I think this is the best match that we've seen so far for the podcast. Much like Dexter Loomis was the worst, there's some highs and lows, but I'm telling you, watch this wrestling match. This yep. was great. Yep. The NXT last night really had peaks and valleys for me. Had the best and the worst stuff that I've seen in a long time with this match, you know, just blowing everything out of the water and being just the best. Um, one thing that I did want to point out was before this match, they did the tail of the tape, and you just got that big match feeling, but, you know, I, it, it was like, I, in the tail of the tape, they give you their height, they give you career accomplishments, they give you signature moves, and all I... The first thing that I actually thought was if this was even six years ago, five years ago, you know, they would never do a tail of tape for two women. Number one, they wouldn't even be main eventing. Number two, the tail of the tape would probably <laughs> include their measurements, you know, but <laughs> but this just goes to show you how serious they are they are finally taking women's wrestling and it's so good to see i'm so happy that they are being like constantly main eventing on NXT and this honestly had that like um that that big match feeling that you just haven't seen with women in a really long time you know all they needed was poppy and this would have been like wrestlemania <laughs> absolutely although i'm really glad that we do have eo's old theme back the crazy 808 dubstep madness that is that theme uh i i yeah this match was great uh if i can drop my rating real quick i uh i thought hold this on was, we'll, oh, we, before you do give the rating we will talk about the ending because it was such an impressive like i guess last five minutes of the match so ria uh, goes for the uh, riptide but shirai twists it in midair counters it into a Amazing looking DDT that drops um, Shirai on top of her head. The crowd goes nuts chanting NXT. Shirai goes to the apron as does Rhea. Shirai flips over to the ringside and on her feet and pulls Rhea with her. Shirai power bombs Rhea Ripley into the announce table, breaking it. Both women are down. I thought both were like. They just both look legit injured. Um, the ref begins to count. Um, Shirai slowly makes it into the ring. The ref's at eight as uh, Rhea Ripley is slowly getting to her feet. Uh, Ripley slides in just in time to avoid the count, only to eat an over-the-moon over salt off the top rope, and Shirai covers her for the win. And what I really enjoyed about this was the camera work, as inadvertent as I believe it was, the fact that as Rhea Ripley slowly gets into the ring, we just see the tail end of the moonsault. Um, enough to know that, hey, I actually Go ahead. I don't think that was inadvertent. I think that was planned. I think they knew that that would be the finish and that's how they shot it. Regardless, 
amazing finish. How often does like a table spot happen and then they go five more minutes and shake it off? This table spot was the finish. It was she crawled because she couldn't get to her feet. She was immediately smacked by a moonsault and pinned. Yep. Yeah, a great finish, a, a great capper to a great match. I thought this was a great, great finish. Very clever. I want to like I. I, I'm surprised I haven't seen more of this exact finish with the table spot leading to the top rope move as the person crawls in. I don't. I can't think of another instance where I've seen that in a wrestling match. But that seems so easy and clever. It, it's just perfect. It's just perfect. Yeah. No. Exactly. I I really liked it. It was really well done. And at this point, I was a little sad because I knew that we still had the Gargano promo or whatever they were gonna do, and I was just thinking, man. Here we go. We, you know, just, just, we couldn't leave it off on this awesome high spot. But NXT does us one huge favor. And not only was this match amazing, but the next segment was even better. Um, but I, you can tell that they were running out of time at this point. Um, so after the match, both women are hugging on the ramp um, as they quickly head to the back. Um, and Finn Balor is already in the ring. Oh, just before we go any further, I just wanted to quickly drop my rating in there. I thought this was four and a half brooding hoods out of five. Uh, close to the same level as the Young Bucks match, but I thought it was better. If I wanted to sit here and pick nits with the Young Bucks match, the, the tag team thing was too clever. There was a little too cute. It was a little too much. There was nothing that was too cute or too much in this match. It was just a fucking fight. It was just a fucking war between two really yeah. good wrestlers. Yeah. Watch this wrestling match. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was so excited about everything that I forgot for you to drop the rating, man. That's, <laughs> no what's worries, going on? no worries. All right, so uh, yeah. like I mentioned, uh, the women are hugging. Finn Balor's already jumped, somehow shows up to the ring um, while the camera's not on him. No entrance, no nothing, and he's ready to address the NXT crowd. Finn says, first things first, he wants to congratulate Io Shirai and Rhea on a wonderful match. Finn says that the last time we saw him, he had his jaw broken in two damn places. Now he's going to start sounding like uh, Kurt Angle. I won an Olympic gold medal with the broken damn neck. All right. So at this point, the kings of NXT interrupt. Pat McAfee, Danny Burch, Oni Lorcan, and Pete Dunk. Um... They come out with Pat on the mic. Pat says that while Finn was drinking um, a steak through a straw for the last six weeks, he's been busy taking care of business. He points out the various people that they've taken out. Um, he's lists all of the Undisputed Era, saying that they're dead after all of their names. He cuts a, a another, for three weeks straight, another amazing promo. Um, and then, uh, you know... Pat goes on to tell Finn that if Finn had respect for NXT and Ireland, uh, he'd just hand over the title to the folks who've run the show from top to bottom for the last few weeks, or he's going to end up like the others, dead. Finn says it's easy for the mice to play when the cat's away, but the cat is back, and look what I just dragged in. And then that's when we hear, shock the system over the PA as the Undisputed Era have returned in full force, and they take charge to the ring, and it's an all-out brawl at this point. My favorite part here was when um, Adam Cole just kicked the face off of Pat McAfee right away, and everyone else is still... Um, fighting to end the show. Uh, I was a little confused here because, you know, where does Finn Balor fall into this? Um, it kind of felt like, you know, they didn't talk about anything really. They just had Finn Balor kind of introduce this and, you know, that was it. But we know that they were running out of time because earlier today on social media, 
they did post the post-match off-air, you know, uh, uh, I guess, quick promo. When William Regal comes out, he just stares at everyone. And what does he say? It's it's a it's a some kind of tag team cage match on <laughs> That's the horizon. Right. It's war game, so we are going to see the undisputed area versus the kings of NXT at NXT War Games. Uh, we we called it a couple of weeks ago, although it didn't really take a Nostradamus to figure that one out. It was clearly coming, but uh, I'm I can't wait to see what what what's happening. Now, my question to you is: Do you think Finn Balor will defend the title against someone, or do you think one of the four undisputed era guys gets taken out of the match either by injury or just whatever, and then Finn Balor takes one of their places, All or right. do does the other group find a fifth? All right, here's what I'm thinking. I think that someone from the Undisputed Era will get injured. Finn Balor will join that, temporarily join the Undisputed Era. And then at NXT War Games, we are going to see Finn Balor turn on the Undisputed Era and go to the kings of NXT. Oh my, that's interesting. I I almost hope it doesn't happen because they did such an awesome turn last year, right, with Dakota Kai at War Games. You don't just want to just do heel turns every year at war games, yep. but that's a great idea. All the same. That's a great idea. All the same. So I'm 50, 50 on that one. I'd like to see it because it's good, but just because they did a heel turn last year, you can't just do it every year. I agree. I agree. But it just, it's just for me, it's why, why would Finn Balor be there to do this? There was no reason to have Finn Balor. If he's not going to be involved in this angle in some shape, in some shape, way or form. That makes a lot of sense. My friend, of course you're right. Right about that. All right, so that was NXT this week. Overall, would you give this show a thumb up or a thumb down or a thumb in the middle? Ah, thumb in the middle is a cop-out. It's either up or down, and this isn't up. This was a thumb up. It might not have been, like, the greatest show you've ever seen, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it had the best match I've seen in months on it something that you must seek out and uh, it was really really good really really good wrestling actually maybe the best match i've seen in in a month to three weeks because walter versus Ilya dragunov was fucking mental but this match was incredible too no no uh knock on this match yep exactly the thumb up for me and you know what you do bring up a great point no thumb in the middle we're gonna take a side here on nxt talk so it's only yeah. going to be a thumb up or thumb down and this is a thumb way the F up for me. It was a really good show overall. I was really nervous after the first two segments, but then the show just just took off. And one thing, well, I guess I'll talk about this in a little bit, but um, any closing statements as before we move on to other business? I think we could go on to other business. Um, yeah, I, I do. I one one thing I'll say is if we're not going to get Finn Balor in a world title match, which I don't think we will, I hope we get EO defending her title. She can just use another win on a pay per view. Why not? She's fucking incredible. Just let her do it. Let her pin Dakota Kai. Let her pin someone. I don't really care. Ember Moon, whoever. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm 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 game for this. Like I am 100 game for this at this point. All right. So it is time. Uh, do you want to? To talk oh, Sorry. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> I was going to say, do you want to do match promo of the night? Yeah. Let's do our match promo of the night. I guess we will start this week. What, what do I feel like t- 
talking about first? Let's do promo. What is your promo of the night? I'm going to go over to uh, All Elite Wrestling, Boris, for this one. I thought the promo of the night was John Moxley's sit-down promo. We're the good guys. This was reminiscent of like a – it wasn't like the, the mind-blowing performance of a Cactus Jack ECW pr- promo, but it had shades of a Cactus Jack ECW promo, talking about his family, talking about his real-life uh, you know, childhood and his experiences and working it into his wrestling character in a way that we can believe that makes us want to see more of it. John Moxie's a great promo. He's the MVP of wrestling this year. That was promo of the night. My I opinion. agree with you 100%. That is also my promo of the night. I really enjoyed it. I also enjoyed just the production of it. You know, it had that WWE production value with the lights in this room, um, which, you know, funny enough, a lot of AEW fans used to make fun of WWE for overproducing promos, but they're okay now. But that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, overall, that's the the meat and potatoes is the actual promo, the words that the wrestlers are saying, the story they're trying to get over. And Moxley did an amazing job of 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 um, putting the big match feel to the big match dynamite on December second. And you know, I never thought I would say this, but I think John Moxley is the MVP going into that match. And he's the one who's really carrying Omega on his shoulders as they lead into their big match at Dynamite. You know what? I think you're right. At this moment, I think you're right. Although Kenny has been doing great work over the past three, four weeks, that's the past three, four weeks. There's still like the last 18 months before that, you know, and I yep. think you're right. Yep, exactly. You know, it's just, it's, yeah, Moxley is just so damn good. Um, and I'm happy to see that he's happy and I'm happy to that he's doing his thing. And, you know, he's not inoculating himself anymore. And he's just, you know, being a badass that we know, the badass that we know he can be. So awesome job to him. All right. What was your match of the night? Absolutely. And congratulations to him and Renee on the upcoming little one. Um, uh, so, yeah, my match of the night, I think easily EO versus Rhea. That match was so good. There, uh, NX, uh, AEW did have a couple good ones. Uh, Young Bucks versus Top Flight was really good. Also really enjoyed the NWA women's title match, but it was it was not the best women's match on the evening. This match, EO Shirai versus Rhea Ripley, NXT women's title, great, great wrestling match. Match of the night, easily. I agree with you. We have the same picks this week. It was Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley. Um, it was just such a good match. Um, and, you know, even kudos to AEW for their, or I guess NWA for their women's title match. Because <laughs> um, that was a that's fun match. Hey, that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole other topic of discussion. Uh, but, yeah, no, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley just tore the house down. Um, they tore mo- our house down, apparently, twice. Uh, so, yeah, it's just <laughs> good times there. All right, Absolutely. so it is time to move on, and we will take a look at the week at large as we give you what made you pop, what made you rant. So we're going to start with what made you pop, Matt. Youth in wrestling. So we have... Uh, the MJF uh, promo evolution continues. He showed off in the in, on AEW. We saw MJF acting funny. We saw him acting, you know, all kinds of different things. Drunk mostly, but I thought MJF was the clear star of the Vegas segment in uh, on AEW. I think that uh, we're seeing we're seeing Leon Ruff absolutely kill it. I think that. He is the new one, two, three kid, which is not in any way an insult. The one, two, three kid was an incredible wrestler and a perfect, uh, 
scrappy underdog. You need to get young kids back into wrestling. You need to get people who aren't into the show into the show. And the way you do that is by building new stars. And the way you build new stars is you push good young people. And it looks like they're trying to do that all over the place. Top flight. Now, anyway, youth and wrestling. It's a youth movement, Boris, and I'm here for it. I am too. That's a great choice. All right. What made me pop this week? And that is, you know, I'm going to be very specific here just because I, I have a lot of issues with the way that AEW handles this division. But for me, what made me pop was the NXT women's division. Three matches, 10 women. I wanted to calculate how much time they were on TV, but they were all... They were all significant angles for the most part. They all let are leading towards something, and that's Matt. Say it. War games, <laughs> which is, I believe, some kind of uh, steel cage based matchup. I'm not quite. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the NXT women are just killing it week over week. Io Shirai as their champion, who better can be their champion right now? And she's having, you know, just just you know, you thought that her match with Candice would have been like contender for match of the year. No, hold on. Her match with Rhea Ripley now is contender for match of the year. She just gets better and better. Women in general in NXT are just kicking ass. And you have some um, new blood with Indy Hartwell, um, Raquel Gonzalez, just to name two. Um, you know, then you have your 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 veterans and also part of the youth movement like Tony Storm. So it's like, you know, and, and even Rhea Ripley herself, like all of these women that I named are all under 25 years old and they have like another decade, decade and a half to kick ass in this industry. So kudos to the NXT women's division. I wish I can add AEW, but when you are putting over another company's belt ahead of your own, how can you be doing that? Uh, I think it's all the same. It's on their TV show. They're basically AW wrestlers at this point. But if you wanted to pick nits, I can't say you're wrong. It's you're factually correct. You're factually correct, my friend. The 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 optics of it is what bothers me the most. But. You know, that's neither near or there nor there. Um, but I got to say that I will give honorable mention to um, the NWA women's uh, uh, match last night as Serena Deeb defeated um, Thunder Rosa. That match was so good. Um, and that could have been my match of the night. But Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley just tore the house down. Absolutely. Blew the roof off. Yeah. But yeah, I do agree. Deeb versus uh, Thunder Rosa was really good in its own right as well. Yep. Uh, so if I may rant for a moment, friend. All right. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you what made me rant this week. So uh, around the internet, it, it's, it seems to be a popular take to say that Leon Ruff is devaluing the NXT North American title. No, you are wrong. That's incorrect. So I get, I get like the temptation to say that while well, this wrestler who is by, who like is small and is in kayfabe low on the card comes out of nowhere to win the title. That makes, that makes everything bad. But the thing is Leon Ruff is being, for, he's being treated like he's growing with the belt. Now that's not necessarily a character that we see all the time, but that doesn't mean that it can't be done or that it's bad. Like, so we've seen in real sports teams 
win the title when they weren't supposed to, when they were underdogs. We've seen UFC fighters. We've seen boxers. So all that, all that this is, is it's the underdog. It doesn't necessarily make this bad. It doesn't make the story that they're telling bad. I'm just, I'm just shocked at how many people are writing this off without even giving it a chance just because Leon Ruff is so small and he was low on, on the totem pole in kayfabe. That's the exact story they're telling. That's exactly what they're doing here. You just have to give it a chance and let it play out. I think the kid himself is doing incredible work. I think he's a good promo. And I, 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 I just, I'm shocked at how many people don't like this. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Same here. It's one of the, uh, one of the few stories on NXT that I'm enjoying week over week. Um, and to your point, have you ever watched this boxing documentary about this uh, little guy from Philadelphia called Rocky Balboa? <laughs> Uh, one of the best series of documentaries right up there with Ken Burns baseball, I would say, but (laughs) I think they made like six or seven of them. Exactly. No, it's a great point. Like it's this is the fucking Rocky won the fucking Oscar in 1976. You fucking douchebags. Please just give this a chance. Please internet, please. I'm sorry. All (laughs) All right, Pat McAfee, calm down. (laughs) Oh man. No, but in in another Uh, example, this in, in, <laughs> and another example of this in real life, you know, 2002 New England Patriots, you know, they arguably had one of the most popular and like one of the most famous and best quarterbacks in Drew Bledsoe. Then this comes this little rascal, this young stallion known as a Tom Brady. And guess what they do exactly. that season? They win the Super Bowl. No. Now, are we pretty sure that Leon Ruff is not going to go on to be the GOAT? Yes. Yes, that's that's pretty clear. But you have to give it a chance. That's our point. You have to give it a chance. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All right. Now, I think we're both kind of a little angry with what made us rant. Because that shit made you <laughs> rant. And this is what's going to make me rant. All right, here's my rant. Matt, have you ever been in that situation where you're hanging out with your significant other, your lady friend, or a group of friends, and, you know, you're kind of usually the only person who watches wrestling, and you guys, you know, you're comfortable enough to watch wrestling with said person or persons. Yeah, of course. I think we've all been there. And when you put on said wrestling show, is it ever so embarrassingly cringe that you feel embarrassed as a human being to like this stuff week to week. It's been a while, but yes, that feeling does happen. I, uh, one good way to stop uh, having that feeling is to never watch Raw, but I feel like we found something uh, in that realm anyway, Boris. Yep, that is how I felt with the Inner Circle Goes to Las Vegas promos. That was literally the worst stuff I have seen in wrestling in years absolutely embarrassing let's not even touch the fact of how irresponsible it is in the middle of a fucking global pandemic you're going to take seven wrestlers and a production crew from florida or wherever they live to las vegas in a place with that's essentially you know masks optional in this global pandemic you're taking them into casinos into landmarks and all for what a 10 minute promo segment split into two like i i it's one of the most irresponsible things i've seen aew do the next time 
anyone from AEW touts that they care or that their um, safety precautions are better than Vince McMahon's, shut the fuck up. That was absolutely irresponsible. And on top of that, it was for an absolutely embarrassing segment on TV. I thought the segment was a little better than you did. I wouldn't call it embarrassing. embarrassing. I, I did think I did think MJF I did think MJF absolutely kept that fucking thing afloat. And if not for his performance, I think I might be closer to you. You know what? I I will I hate it, but I will say MJF did save that thing. But even then, like, even he could not save this. Like, that was just horrible. That was, like, B-movie, like, not even Kevin Smith. And I love Kevin Smith. He's one of my pillars of directors. (laughs) But not even Kevin Smith would direct such crap. And that guy put someone in a fucking uh, walrus costume. that you're not has joined the inner circle <laughs> I just you're like, not much of an elvis man i i just uh, don't even get me started with that that second half the first half i could have lived with the second half when they you know watched the um, the hangover of last week and chris jericho decided to say oh, i'm gonna rip this off oh, oh, oh. and then he ends up putting this off on tv fucking embarrassing yeah, the hangover, the hangover stuff was pretty bad. The the Hornswoggle ending was pretty bad. That was it was very WWF the ending, like very very 2009-10DX. And I swear to God, the next time that anyone tries to convince me that AEW is putting on a more sports-like feeling on TV, no 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 no. Uh, I have some could- words for you. We could debate that next week when we're not an hour 22 into this thing. But I think I think it's still wrestling. Like, if you want real sports, watch fucking tennis. Watch real sports. They exist. Watch New Japan. Yeah. If you want, if you, but, 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 but you're right. They do, they do pat themselves on the back and pound their chest over something that, that is a little exaggerated. But I think, it, like, you still need to accept that it's wrestling, right? Yeah. Like, it's still, it's always going to be Here's wrestling. Here's the thing. Typically, I don't care. It, it, it's wrestling to me. You know, I watch it because it's it's supposed to be goofy. I'm a fan of goofy. I'm a fan of, you know, just let's not take each other too serious and have fun with this. But that was just over too much for me. You know, for it was just too much. And, and then, I don't know, it was just, it was just too much. <laughs> I don't know what else to yeah, say. It was bad. It was, bad. I, uh, it, it was just yeah, so bad. I didn't... I- yeah, I didn't love that segment. I didn't like that they kind of made Sammy out to be a little bitch. Like MJF literally like took his good cards after Sammy was like, "Hey Jericho, hey Chris, Chris, look, I have good cards. Look, I have good cards at this table." And then MJF just took his cards. Like they're kind of making Sammy out to be a little bitch here. Like I didn't love the segment either, but but I did think MJF was an incredible heel. Like as per usual, as part of the youth and wrestling movement, he's the best promo in wrestling almost, and he's twenty four. Like it's it's wild. Yeah, and I hope. For everyone's sake, that you know this goofiness doesn't keep going, because I want MJF to just be the standout star that I know he can be, and that man is going to be the future of AEW along with Darby Allen. You know, I've been saying that since before all of this started. And of course, Jungle Jack Perry. Don't yes. forget him. Yeah, I, you know what? Honestly, I complete. It's funny. I completely forgot about him until like literally as I was saying that. <laughs> But yeah, no, but yeah, yeah, it's what I mean. The the future is bright, absolutely. It really is. But that's what made me rant. Man, we we got some good rants in this week. 
Yeah, that was a solid. That was a solid little bit of ranting. Definitely, that Rocky thing definitely got my dander up fully. That, that, <laughs> that pushed me over the edge. You mentioning the great documentary series. <laughs> oh man, no, but you're you're completely right about uh, one thing. I do want to add, and I I was watching on my phone. I was not paying close attention. Are we sure they filmed that in Las Vegas? Are we one hundred? A hundred percent sure, because uh, over the weekend they posted a picture in Las Vegas and that they were filming the segment. So there you go. Okay. Well, yep. there you go. That's the end. Of, that's the end of me. <laughs> that's all I got this week. <laughs> I think, you know what I think it was? Let, okay. I'm going to be hundred percent honest because I've been thinking about this for the past week and the past 24 hours. Um, Cause this is the most time that we've had to stew all over shows before we've recorded um, because, you know, sometimes we, we, we have to make money um, so that we can make these shows for you for free. Uh, so, you know, we had a business come, so we didn't record at our usual time. So yes, we've had all life day and to, work and such. Yeah. We've had to, we've had all day to kind of um, stew on our thoughts. So I think these rants are, are reflective of that. Um, but I think that because I was so angry at the irresponsibility of taking seven wrestlers and a crew across the USA just to film a wrestling segment, that regardless of it, whether it was Shakespeare or what we got last <laughs> night, I wasn't going to like it. Yeah, I feel you. And we didn't get nothing great. Like, it was fine. It was entertaining. You pointed out flaws better than I could. Like, yeah, we don't need to dr- beat this horse anymore. Yeah. But you're <laughs> yeah. right. It wouldn't be It wouldn't be worth it if they gave us Shakespeare. And they did not, good sir. They did not. Exactly. All right. So one thing before we go, we wanted to chat about where you can find us. And in the next week or two, we will know that answer. Until then, you can still catch us on the It's Canon podcast feed. The hope is that we will be on another wrestling feed, but, you know, we're going to work things out. We're going to keep bringing you shows, and one of the things I think we're going to do on the It's Canon feed is we're going to take our listeners' requests on shows that we can review. How does that sound to you, Matt? 100 all right, because I'm very ready for this. I, I I can't wait to see it. Sorry, please go ahead. Oh, all right, because we did get a couple requests um, over the past week, and one of them was for us to jump on the WWE Network and review the November twentieth, nineteen eighty nine episode of Primetime Wrestling. Now, do you specifically know why this was requested? Is there a specific segment? Is this right after or before Survivor Series? Should we watch the Survivor Series as well? I don't know. Uh, they just threw that date and episode, and we're going to go with it. The uh, We had All another right. request, and they wanted us to talk about NXT UK Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Oh, do you want to do that right now? Do we have time? No, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna dedic- we're gonna give that match the respect it deserves. Yes, because I feel Absolutely. like we should. Let's, yeah, yeah. We, we'll we'll review that entire episode of NXT UK, and we will go into the vault of the WWE Network, and um, we will review that episode of Primetime Wrestling. So, if you do have 
any requests for us, you can catch us right now on the It's Canon Podcast uh, Twitter. It's at It's Canon Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, any social media at It's Canon Podcast. You can also email me at It's or show at It's Canon Podcast.com. Um, and those are probably the best ways that you can find us. Um, and yeah, just let us know what you want us to review. We will also be uh, creating some Christmas specials where Matt and I will gift each other a show that we will each review and we will talk about that on our Christmas special. That's going to be fun because I know exactly what I'm making this son of a bitch watch i was just gonna say i can't decide i can't decide if i was gonna go nice and give you one of my favorite shows or the other way but now i think i know now i think it's quite clear (laughs) all right man we have all yeah that was a jam-packed show but i think it is time for us to call it a week here on nxt talk he's matt i'm boris good night Stay safe, Mark.